Hey, everybody. Welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Osprey. We have a fun show for you today. We have comic and impressionist Matt Friend back with us. We will get to Matt in a second. But first, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media, and we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, please follow or subscribe and rate and review, and you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. Here's some recent feedback we've received. On our interview with Michael Cohen, Cheryl Schaefer writes, Revenge, which is Michael Cohen's book, Revenge should be required reading for every voter. If you haven't read it, you can't vote. Liz Seskin says, Your guests get better every day. I know he's been on, but you're rubbing elbows with all the best people. And on our conversation with author Molly Roden Winter, who wrote more, A Memoir of Open Marriage, Jim Alden writes, If I listen to this podcast, you won't tell my wife, right? Very funny, Jim. All right, let's get to our news. Are you an admirer of the Russian? I think he's done an, a, really a, a great job of outsmarting our country. Putin even sent me a present, beautiful present with a beautiful note. We just left Moscow. He could not have been nicer. He was so nice and so everything, but you have to give him credit. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Well, the news just broke that the brutal, murderous dictator that Donald Trump is referring to there, Vladimir Putin, killed Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Yet Donald Trump thinks Putin is his pal, and he's proud of the fact that Putin loves him, and he's encouraging him to march all over Europe. If our NATO allies don't pay their NATO dues, Alexei Navalny was, what, 47, I think? First he was poisoned, then he was sent to prison, and died, died, I put that in quotation marks, died in a Siberian prison. Because that's what happens in a dictatorship. Okay, Republicans? Okay, Magus? Okay, Mike Johnson? Tucker Carlson? That's what happens in a fucking dictatorship. When one man controls everything, and if you say something or do something he doesn't like, you end up dead. All right, big news this week. New York Congressional District 3 flipped back to Democrats. George Santos. George, <laughs> Sa- thank you, George. <laughs> you saw he tweeted about this. He said, are you happy now? Yeah, George, we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank we are. you, George. Now the Republicans only have like a two-seat majority in the House. This is huge. Um, major news this week with Donald Trump. A hearing yesterday in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh Fanny Willis was not fucking around. She just like walked into the courtroom, was like, I'm here, I'm ready, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like they, she wasn't even on the calendar to, to be testifying. And she was like, nope, I'm going to do this. That was great because it kind of suggested she has nothing to hide. And she's angry and she wants to refute the lies and she wants to state her case and protect her legacy and her reputation. She came prepared. She had great recall. She had great answers. I think she did a really fantastic job of humanizing herself. She spoke very honestly about being lonely during COVID. I mean, the way she was speaking was so vulnerable and human. And when you do that, and you talk about how she's had to move because she's been getting death threats because the freaking MAGAs are pissed off because Donald Trump has poisoned them against her like he's done with every other prosecutor and district attorney, it elicits sympathy from people. And she deftly referred to sexism and misogyny and racism. She explained so succinctly to a bunch of older white people, these Trump lawyers, what it's like to grow up black, what it's like to have a black father who tells you to hoard cash. I mean, these are not problems affluent white people have to deal with, hoarding cash. And as a woman, she explained that she has cash because, you know, you could be out on a date and somebody could be harassing you and you have her father told her make sure you have enough money to get home that you could be safe like these are things like these old white male lawyers like they have no idea what she's talking about but i think the judge was listening and i think the judge understood and i think she did an amazing job explaining herself 
She accused defense attorney Ashley Merchant of lying and acting, quote, contrary to democracy. Uh, she needled the fuck out of her throughout her testimony. She rattled this guy, Steve Sato, another Trump lawyer. I mean, many times she was like, stop, ye stop yelling it. Um, to another one of the lawyers, she said, don't be cute with me. And then she said something which I found really interesting, which I think is going to resonate with so many people. When she was talking about Nathan Wade, the guy who was brought on to head the, the Trump prosecution, who she's supposed to be involved with, allegedly involved with, and at the center of this conflict of interest. Um, she, she said, you know, when I, I used to argue with Nathan, we'd have these arguments because he would say things like, the only thing a woman is good for is to bring me a sandwich. And she said to him, quote, I am your equal. I don't need a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And I think, I think every woman who, who watched that, every woman who reads about that is going to understand exactly what she's saying. At another point, she, she said to the lawyers, I'm not the one on trial here. You guys are. You guys are the one that tried to steal an election and overthrow the government. And that, that I thought was brilliant the way she did that. And I just thought yesterday, after I finished watching it, that imagine if Republicans had spent one hundredth of the amount of time on Donald Trump and his corruption and his treason as they've spent on Fannie Willis's sex life. It's so true. It's so true. And the, her best defense is her. I agree. I think she did a brilliant job. Um, just as a case in point, a lot of dads and moms of her generation told white women also to always have cash and not depend on men because you just never know what's going to happen. Or at least my small subset, my parents always told me, you always oh. have to take care of yourself. Always, always never depend on somebody that way. Did I listen? Well, anyway, we'll just move along. <laughs> we'll edit that part No, it's, it's so true. And I wanted to say to the lawyers, what, why does she need cash? Because of men like your client who think they can indiscriminately grab pussies and rape whoever the fuck they want on dates yes. or elsewhere. Okay, yeah. that's why she needs cash, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's the truth. The fact that they are sitting there in judgment of this woman when they are representing a monster who rapes women, who steals, who, who's, who's a fraudster, who tries to overturn elections, who wants to be a dictator, who thinks he can kill opponents, she's the one on trial? No, she fucking reminded them who is on trial. Yeah, I thought she did a great job. I, I'm i still hesitant because this is a Republican judge mm -hmm. and he may want to do something to assuage some of his critics in the Republican Party. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm up in the air as to whether this will be given to a different district attorney or not. I, I, I don't think it will be, but I wouldn't rule it out. Even her performance was fantastic, but it's not necessarily relevant to what his decision will be. Well, it, it is. It is. And here's why. This is why everyone I watched in the last 24 hours who is on cable news as a legal analyst, from Andrew Weissman to Lisa Rubin, Joyce Vance, Glenn Kirshner, all of them, all of them are saying it's, to them, virtually impossible that Fannie Willis will be disqualified. And here's the reason. Judge Scott McAvee said at the outset that there's one piece here that he's focused on, one piece that matters, and that is the financial piece. Is there some proof that she directly or indirectly benefited from the contract that Fulton County has with the lead prosecutor, Wade? And so her testimony, where she, where Wade, and apparently her dad, who's going to come in, is going to, you're going to have three key witnesses who will be testifying that they split these expenses equally. And there's going to be zero, which there has been so far, and very likely to be zero going forward, zero evidence to the contrary that gives any kind of credibility or credence to the contention that she benefited financially. And without that piece, this thing falls apart. I hope so. And because it's a very specific matter of law, which the judge laid out right up front. This isn't about her sex life. All these salacious details that went back and forth, you know, they kept asking her the same shit over and over again. Why are they doing that? 
because they know they don't have that financial piece. Well, they're doing this for performance so yes. they can take these clips and put them on OAN, put them on Fox Great. News. And Who cares? Well, for them, that's half of what they're doing. Okay. Well, that's why they, that's, <laughs> this is why they lost New York mm -hmm. 3. This is why they've lost every fucking I, special election. This I, is why they lost the Senate. This is why they lost Arizona. This is why they lost Georgia. This is why they lost Michigan. And this is where they're going to get their ass fucking kicked in November because they focus on bullshit. I'm yeah. sorry, but like, it's just, let them do it. Let them do it. I agree with you, Maddie. But I'm just saying let them do it because it doesn't get them anywhere ever. I agree. I, I do think New York 3 is a sort of unique case and isn't necessarily a bellwether. It could be. But our own friend of the show, S.E. Cup, did a good op-ed in the Daily News and on CNN. We have to be a little cautious because this was an election that was run uh, far to the right of Joe Biden. He did win that district, uh, Joe Biden, in 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's not a shock that Democrat could win it. Um, no, but Santos won by eight points and uh, Swazi won, won by eight. It's a 16-point swing. I mean, that part of Long Island has turned Republican. But but there was a an exception. I mean, there was a huge snowstorm that blanketed that part of Long Island in a foot of snow, and Democrats come out and vote early, and it's very they there there are indications yeah. that that might have really affected. Okay. And the that's why I mentioned outcome. every other special election. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, New York may have its own unique set of circumstances, but in the grand unique. but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it is part of a major trend that has existed. Yeah. For the last several years, Republicans have only won one thing, which was the House, and they were supposed to win by a red wave of 40 to 60 seats, and they won by four. Now they're down to two. There is nothing in the past, you know, that old expression, past is prologue. There's nothing in the past to indicate why that trend wouldn't continue. So New York may be in some way an exception, which I'm, I'm not going to agree with, but I'll, I'll give it to you. But in the context of all the other losses, it's more part of that trend than not. I love when optimistic Andy shows up on Friday. It makes me so happy. <laughs> no, because I, I, I I, I'm true. tired of listening to the noise. And that's going to be the subject of my rant today. Noise isn't going to win elections. Donald Trump is a master at pontificating in the court of public opinion. And it is very easy to make that the focus and make that the object of our fear and our concern and our negativity when in reality these fuckers have won nothing they constantly shoot themselves in the feet agreed but i still think he can win <laughs> yeah so. see what what i what i'm doing for my own sanity is to say i'm taking andy ostroy out of it okay i'm approaching this like a detective Give me the facts. Give me the evidence. Okay? I, I'm not going to sit here and editorialize in my own head about, oh my God, this, oh my God, that. I'm not going to play chicken little. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to say, if I was a betting man today, based on everything so far, where would my money go? My money ain't going to be on Republicans. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So all right, we talked about Georgia. So first, they filed a request in the January 6th immunity case to have it thrown out. Jack Smith responded like a day later, and then last night Trump responded. We could have a fairly quick decision out of the court on this immunity thing, and that would be a major blow to Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't think the court's going to see Donald Trump's way on this one. That, that I am, I would bet on that. Mm -hmm. And then we have the New York hush money case, and it's going to be the first time Trump sits in a trial in a court, and it is important. It's going to be the first time he's being held accountable. He's probably going to lose. He's probably going to be convicted. And then guess what? What about all these polls and a recent one that came out yesterday that has him losing two-thirds of Republicans if he's convicted? All of this is important. And none of it is not going his way. It's all a shit show if you're Donald Trump. He is Fucked. Well, that's called leadership with that judge. And this is the case that got things rolling mm -hmm. in the opposite direction yeah. for Donald Trump. And it is relevant. And, you know, it doesn't matter what uh, side of the aisle you sit on. But, you know, Clinton's issues were, I mean, do you think that's relevant to how he managed and functioned as a president? Well, it certainly took up a lot of our time and attention. And why wasn't it relevant then? 
everything is relevant in sure. in politics. Well, and Nikki so Haley it's said important. Last, Nikki Haley said last night Donald Trump's going to be in court by his own admission, like the entire year, and he is going to be convicted. The long arm of the law has crawled up his ass, and it ain't getting out. The U.S. judicial system. It's done its job so far. It's doing it again, and it's going to keep doing it again. And I'll say it over and over again, and this ain't optimistic, Andy. This is rational, logical, Andy. He's fucked, and he knows it. He knows it. Why do you think he needs to be president again? Because he knows if he's not, he's fucked. Right? I think he is going to get convicted. I don't think his brain really comprehends that he's fucked. I think he does want to be president because he realizes what you just said. But I think that we, with rational brains, think that he thinks he's fucked. But I don't think he thinks that. Oh, I, I, I do. Um, he is going to get hit with a major penalty. It may not be the 370 that Tish James is looking for, but it's going to be pretty damn close, I suspect. And the sanctions put on him, the fact that he can't operate or be an officer in a business in New York for five years, which is a death blow because he's fucking... Gonna, you know, I mean, to any business, if you yeah. said you can't do business for five years, I mean, the punishment yeah. should fit the crime, and yeah. this is very exciting. Yeah, and and yeah. the same would hold true, you know, for for the kids. Like it's just, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to happen. Um, another bit of huge news yesterday: the whistleblower, the informant that James Comer and the Oversight Committee had in their pocket, you know, behind their Biden impeachment inquiry and. Their witch hunt of Hunter Biden. This guy was indicted yesterday because he made it all up. Made it all up. I'm shocked. <laughs> Beyond shocked. Um, so. And I think I think the most important part about this is he wasn't indicted by you know a Biden appointee. This is David Weiss, the person yeah. who brought the whole case against Biden. Yeah. This was appointed by yeah. Trump, the one that all the Republicans love because he was yeah. gun- gunning for the for yeah. the Bidens. Um, and so what's his name? Uh, Alexander Smirnov. Okay. Uh, he fabricated claims that Biden and Hunter sought two $5 million bribes from a Ukrainian energy company and, uh, falsely told the FBI that Hunter, who was then serving as a paid member of the board of Burisma, demanded the money to protect the company. Uh, they all said that Joe Biden had his hand in those pockets. He got the money, the Biden crime family, blah, 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 all bullshit it's like the gang that can't shoot straight not only is there no way that trump is gonna win in november but there is no way that democrats will not take back the house oh wow <laughs> oh, oh okay so now i'm now i'm now i'm saying what everybody feels <laughs> you didn't say that a month or two ago i'm consistent these fuckers are gonna lose everything because why because they've lost everything before and they've done nothing to change that, and they've done everything to make their situation worse. All right, let's get through our winners and losers. My winner, Tom Suozzi, New York Democrat, won George Santos's congressional seat, narrowing the Republican majority in the House. My loser, the disqualification charges against Fannie Willis for drawing attention away from the charges of overturning an election. My winner this week are the people of Greece, as Greece became the first Orthodox country to legalize same-sex marriage. My loser are, unfortunately, the people of Russia, because as we just talked about, Alexei Navalny was essentially murdered. He died, and that was the leading opposition leader to Putin. My winner, Fannie Willis, because Trump's lawyers were expecting a San Francisco cable car, and she came in like a Japanese bullet train. My loser, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, who yesterday was made to look, at best, like a pathetic fool, and at worst, a shameless, corrupt liar. All right, let's get to the weekly rant. Democrats are panicking. Joe Biden is too old. He's going to cost us the election. We're doomed. But the simple truth is, there's nothing wrong with President Biden. His mind is no less sharp than any of us who can't remember where we last left our keys or our iPhones. Just watch any Biden speech objectively. And you'll see the clarity he has when discussing the most complicated subjects in the world while citing dozens of critical statistics. And he's 81. You tried doing that after flying all over the globe, jet-lagged after a little sleep. But Trump, his cowardly, pathetic sycophants, and the MAGA propaganda networks 
Fox, Newsmax, and OAN are desperate to have the 2024 campaign narrative be dominated by Biden and his alleged withering mental acuity. Because that distracts from the fact that Trump is a dangerous, unhinged, cruel, pathologically lying, sexist, xenophobic, homophobic, corrupt, twice impeached, four-time indicted, NATO-busting, military-hating, Russia-empowering, dictator-wannabe, racist, rapist, sociopath, who thinks Obama's still president, Nikki Haley was House Speaker on January 6th, and that Biden's going to get us into World War II. And here's another truth. Trumpers are great at being loud and noisy. And we all know the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so the mainstream media just loves giving oxygen to Trump's dumpster fire of a shit show while engaging in shameful false equivalencies which serve to legitimize and normalize Trump's unprecedented, un-American clusterfuckery. Biden beat Trump before, and he's going to do it again. And given Trump's deadly insurrection, two impeachments, four indictments on 91 felony counts, there's every reason to believe more suburban women, independents, and moderate Republicans in 2024 versus 2020, not less, will vote for old Joe this time around. So just filter out the noise, because it's just nothing but noise. Focus instead on the reality that this is a binary choice. And when it comes time to vote, a majority of Americans once again will choose the nice old forgetful guy over the dangerous monster. Donald Trump will not be president again. All right, let's get to Matt Friend. He's a very funny, incredibly talented, and ridiculously popular comedian, actor, and impressionist. And we are thrilled that he's joining us again. Matt, welcome back into the back room. Thank you for having me back, Andy. How are you? Great. And you know that today is our anniversary, Matt. Friend, you were here a year ago exactly to the day. Last it time. is unbelievable to be back with you. I think we should make it a tradition. But you, in that year, have blown the hell up. You are on fire. I see you everywhere. I can't go anywhere without seeing Matt Friend. That's the problem. If you have me on your podcast, I'd probably just keep appearing on your phone. Your phone now knows me too well, but... Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a crazy year, a lot happening. It's it's very exciting. So what are some of the highlights for you of the past 12 months? You've been everywhere. You've been at the get Grammys, the Golden Globes. Uh, 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 no, I mean, so we did this, yeah, we did it last February. I was on your show, and then, uh, no, I, I went to the White House Correspondents Dinner mm. weekend. Uh, the big thing this year, I just did New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest. I did, mm -hmm. like, a little segment. And then I did uh, yeah, the Golden Globes. I was doing comedy interviews on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to talk to Paul Giamatti and uh, uh, um, uh, Nick Cage and cast of Suits and Succession. And uh, it was insane. And now I'm doing my hour of stand-up and touring that. Uh, and I'm getting ready for a big show in a couple of weeks at the Gramercy Theater in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, very cool. I'm, I'm grateful and excited for all that's coming up. When you are like working the red carpet and all of a sudden you see somebody that you've been doing for a long time, yeah. is there like, uh, like, oh my God, this is, this is awesome? Or like, oh my God, are they going to be pissed off because they hate me doing no, that? No, 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 I think the way I approach it, I mean, I, uh, I'm not really worried about the pissed off thing because I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm like an asshole on mm -hmm. the carpet. You're not, you can't be like running up to me. I'm also stationed now on the carpet right. with a gold globe's microphone and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great environment to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like finding them at a restaurant when they're eating with their family. So mm -hmm. like they're, they're there to be talking and photographed and creating these light fun moments is what, what I'm trying to do. And so who have you met that you just still can't believe you got to meet? Um, truthfully, like the past two months has been such a mind fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's honestly unbelievable. <laughs> um, I, I Paul Giamatti was a big one. I mean, I love this guy. I've loved this guy since I was in high school. Like the John Adams miniseries on mm -hmm. HBO is favorite pieces of television ever created on uh, billions. So that was a huge, that was a very big moment. Billing Paul to Paul next to Paul. My God, it was crazy doing that. Um, that was a huge moment. Uh, the succession cast was big. Um, 
all these moments are just kind of surreal. I mean, I, I did a video with Chuck Schumer like a little mm -hmm. less than a year so ago, that. like where he reviewed a bunch of my political impressions. So it's a little meta having these moments. Um, he seemed really thrilled to be standing next to you. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's important too. Like if you're a politician, you should be having a good, like be mm -hmm. funny. Like don't, don't be so weird. Like that, that was DeSantis' problem. He right. was a freak. <laughs> oh, it's like loosen up a little bit. I mean, stop being such a weird robot and like be a human being. You know, that's that was Obama's strength too. Like, he ultimately politics. You're an entertainer. I mean, that's such a large part of it. Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know how you look at it, but mm -hmm. a lot of this takes a lot of people skills and awareness and kind of working a crowd. And so good for Schumer that he was able to laugh at what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Has there been anyone you've met, uh, red carpet or or elsewhere? Where you were like, oh, oh, that was weird. That person's weird. The only one that I talked about it on stage was uh, Tom from Succession, McFadden. Uh, I went up to him and I was like, I do an impression of you. I love you. And he just walks past me. He goes, good for you. <laughs> he was walking right by me. So clearly Tom is not acting. Uh, no, he, he was being very Tom. Tom is Tom, I guess. He well. was being very, very Tom. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was a that was a moment. Yeah, I it was actually really fun because I I saw uh, Killian Murphy on the carpet and I actually like not on the carpet, like it, around the area before they, they went into the actual show at the Globes. And I asked him for a selfie. and He was kind of walking by and he goes, I'd rather not. <laughs> and then I'm at a party. Uh, I know I'm such a name dropper. I don't know what to tell you, but you asked. So then we're at a party and somehow I find myself in this crazy room and Killian Murphy is standing there and he looks at me and he goes, Oh my God, my son is obsessed with you. So he realized who I was after like, it, like he was walking by me, didn't realize. And it, he like kind of looked at me, and then he's like, Oh my God. And he's like, He introduced me to his son because I guess they watch a bunch of my videos. So that was a very cool. So you didn't feel like saying, like, Hey, 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 no, 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 no videos, no, no selfies. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if I said, I'd rather help, not. Yeah, I'd rather not. With <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, he was on Piggy Blinders. He was a badass right, on that right, show. Right. So right. I, I would do whatever he wants. And uh, you've been doing a lot more cable stuff. I see you doing a lot of Jim Acosta. I love Jim. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. I've been doing a lot of CNN recently, mm -hmm. Laura Coates, Jim Acosta. And uh, no, it's fun. I mean, those are examples of, I think it's cool, like from my perspective, to take people who are in a very serious position. You don't really get to see Jake Tapper or Acosta laughing because <laughs> they're covering wars. Acosta and loves the border you. And yeah, no, he it's very fun. Like he he's he, like we recreated the moment where I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Trump says to Acosta, says, Jim, you're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. I'll tell you what, you run the fake news CNN and let me run the country, Jim. It's really horrible what you do. It's a nasty question. That is a terrible question. You're a terrible reporter and a lousy person, Jim. And I think Jim likes that I'm triggering him and we're reenacting these crazy moments. I think Jim is a hero, honestly, the way he covered Hell yeah. That. Do you remember watching like, those press conferences? Well, I do. I, I, that's what we recreated. And I was just trying to yeah. imagine what that would be like uh, being in the Rose Garden or whatever when the most powerful person in the plan on the planet calls you a terrible person. Yeah. I mean, and then he kind of... It's a mind-boggling thing. But, but Jim was but, uh, so unrattled in those moments. Like, he was just like, I, was. I appreciate that, it, sir. I appreciate that. But uh, my question, I, it, he didn't get rattled was. for a second. Oh. And, and not to mention other shows, but, like, I did Major Garrett from CBS News, his show, and we recreated a fun moment where Obama said to Major Garrett, like, something like, Major, you want to be ashamed of yourself. Like, that, Major, <laughs> uh, that, that that is not a good question. And I think these guys, like, reliving his moments so well there you see yeah. they're they're living this 24-hour news cycle which is just dominated by this monster and it's horrible for them to be able to laugh like to have a moment of levity you know in in between reporting on the, the most horrible shit that the fact that donald trump is still where he is as close to the white house again arguably and, more powerful than he ever has sure been. you know for just someone like jim acosta who's like oh fuck are we, are we gonna go through this again so for, I guess for him to be able to laugh for a few minutes. Uh, if you cannot laugh at it, then you're going to have a problem. I mm -hmm. mean, in this industry, like, I mean, it's everything is so terrible. But sure. You're you know, literally crazy if you're not able to laugh. I mean, I'm operating in a world of comedy. Like, I, it's constant comedy. So, but 
if you're not able to do it, then what do you? Yeah. And so, so some, so Killian Murphy at some point recognized you later that day or whatever. Very nice. But have there been other people who have recognized you and come up to you and you're like, holy shit, this person knows who I am. Uh, That was a big one. I mean, like that was fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that, that happened. I mean, Giamatti, I mentioned that. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you right now, I'm going through, there have been like, it's, it's honestly a big one at the Grammys. Uh, I'm, on the carpet and Jack Antonoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm sure everybody does, but Taylor Swift's like longtime producer and collaborator. Mm-hmm. To me, he goes, Mad friend, I love you. And he goes, You're the people's Howard Stern. I love you, Howard, <laughs> but you're, you're my Howard Stern. And I'm like, Holy shit. I'm like, Does this mean Taylor maybe has seen one of my videos? It's possible. Oh, I'm like, Holy shit. Not only has she seen them, I bet she, I bet she loves them. I have no But that was a complete holy fuck. Uh, moment. I mean, I met Billy Joel uh, mm. before uh, he went on at Madison Square Garden, and I got to do a video with him. Uh, everybody thinks I'm like an industry plant. It's so funny reading the comments. Like, they're like, who is your dad? <laughs> I'm like, my dad is TikTok and Instagram. Like, it, it's like, it is so funny. Like, who is this guy's father? And I like having a little bit of a mystery to it, but uh, it is crazy. Like, to an observer, if I was looking at my kind of like, yeah, who the fuck is this guy's dad? It doesn't really make sense, but you know what? It's the power of social media. Uh, and no, but there's just other crazy ones. Like I saw Timothy Chalamet on the. Mm-hmm. Actually, here's another story. But this is name dropping. The this is you're asking the question. Drop away, so, man. I'm at a, I'm at another. Uh, it was a party after the Emmys. And I'm such a dude. I can't. I can't believe the, like, the words that are coming out of my mouth. So I was at a party after the Emmys. Whatever. And then Steve Martin and Martin Short are there. Mm. And uh, and I find myself in the middle of them, and I went up to Martin Short, and I'm like, I just interviewed you at the Globes. And, and he goes, oh, yeah, that was great. And then I'm talking to Steve Martin, and I showed him a photo of us when I was, like, eight years old, and I stalked him in a hotel, and I, like, asked him for a picture. <laughs> Literally, I was 10 years old. And then and then he said, I hear you in my car, because he hears me on Howard Stern. <laughs> so I'm, like, dying. What, a, like, what an I'm odd way to say it, right? I hear you in my car. I know. Um, would it My have been really I, listen you like your driver that's nice how creepy would it yeah. have been if he said to you I remember you at eight <laughs> that would have been uh that my, would have been my you've grown shit. up like, nicely yeah my I have a photo of you in my wallet do you know uh, do you know but, uh, do you know who soupy sales is I actually don't okay soupy sales was kind of like the Steve Martin of the 60s like a weird okay. silly sticky comedian he had a TV show that all the kids watched like Saturday morning. So I remember I was doing something in college, like maybe I was working for NBC during an election and like putting in data. And so, and it was at, it was at 30 rock and I get in the elevator and soupy sales is in the elevator. So like soupy sales to me was kind of like, like you meeting Steve Martin. Right. So I, so I go soupy sales. Holy shit. I said, I grew up watching you. And he looks at me and he goes, you grew up rather nicely. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit. Get me that out is, of this elevator now. <laughs> that is, it was really creepy. Is, it was kind you're of you're veering on Trump Bergdorf Goodman territory. <laughs> My God, that is creepy. Yes. Yeah, so, so, speaking of dads, what's your family? Where are they at right now? Watching you blossom into this uh, successful. Uh, I they're in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. My parents. It's funny. My mother, Linda. My dad, Bill. My mother thinks I don't give her enough credit when I go on TV. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do, Mom? Go on, on CNN and, and be like, by the way, by the way, my mother did all this. <laughs> Classic like Jewish mom. But uh, uh, just give her yeah, what she no, give her not. what she wants. She exactly. Uh, but the, they're in Chicago. So, uh, but I see them a lot, I and mean, they they visit, and uh, yeah, brother and sister are both in New York as well. And are they just like so. cavelling the shit out of this whole thing, watching you grow like this? No, if they were, that'd be unhealthy. They, 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 it's, I mean, it's crazy. They're very proud, but it's like, you know, they're not they're not going to be stroking my ego. If anyone if anyone is humbling me, I I have mm. them to do it. Uh, yeah, which is good. <laughs> so if you say to them, like, hey, did you see me at the Gold? And they're like, no, nah, we, oh, you were at the Golden Globes? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, 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 they're very proud. Like, they, they think it, I think they think it's, like, amazing, but they're not going to be, like, uh, which I think is a good thing. They're not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I think it's a healthy amount. Oh, my God. He so. got dissed by Killian Murphy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I want to talk about your process a little. But, like, yes. 
What is it like being inside your head every day? Are you just constantly walking around like a schizophrenic, a comedic schizophrenic? Voices everywhere. Put me into a sight word to answer your question. Oh. Uh, this is what it's like being in my head. Oh, Mitch and, McConnell. And the, the answer is, uh, it's a combination of schizophrenia and the occasional freeze. Sorry, McConnell froze. Um, it's an obsessive thing. Like Don Rickles has a quote. He said, comedy is a personality. And uh, there is something to that I agree with completely where... You can't always be on. That'd be very annoying and kind of frightening, frankly. Uh, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, in most, honestly, in like every situation, the comedy brain does not turn off. And then there's also the impressions element, too. Like, I will be alone and I will be talking to myself as King Charles. For some, I'll be, my God, where did I put my toothbrush? I don't know where my toothbrush went. Where did it go? You know, I'll be walking down the street as, like, someone else. Like, it's uh, kind of a crazy thing. And are you doing that because wow. you're, like, actively working through an impression? or just I'm doing because... it, Andy, because I'm psychotic. Because you're... Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, no, I mean, it, it, the part of it is, like, it is a lot of talking. Like, my, sure. my sister had a line a few months ago. She called me, a, quote, a glorified parrot, mm. uh, which I think is a good name for a comedy special one day. Um, but mm. it is a lot of like, repetition. I am talking like these people constantly. And it started when I was young. I don't know where it came from, but like I would do my grandfather, Don Levinson. Hello, Elaine, how you doing? That's him. <laughs> He's alive. He's like 91 years old. And I don't know where the desire to mimic really came from, but mm -hmm. it's a little do you ever have moments where you're alone and you're just like curled up on the couch reading Maya Angelou? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like uh, you need to if you don't have like any downtime, like you mean, am I always on a carpet or like doing something crazy? No, you just uh, what does Matt Friend ever like relax, like, uh, truly yeah. tune out, read poetry? Yes. If you don't do that, then you're going to have a problem. Like look mm. at the Elvis my god uh but uh no i mean absolutely i mean i mm -hmm. like to just walk around and hang out and also like a lot of my time i i am spending like watching youtube like you can't you can't do what i'm doing necessarily without like taking the time to read and watch like the news and like tv shows and movies and mm -hmm. like so a lot of it is like i have to be just like knowing what's happening in the world and like you have to have an element of relaxation to it or else you're going to go completely insane mm -hmm. and uh, do, do some impressions come just really easy to you the ones that like you um, want to do somebody and you're like wow that that was i want to do an andy Ostroy, but uh i don't know how i'm going to figure that out good luck my uh, friend i have the most indistinct you have voice. like a very silver fox tim cook andy <laughs> cohen vibe going so you do fit nicely into my repertoire maybe i'll figure that out um, All right, I like but, that combo. Uh, some do like maybe like a. I met Charlie Day um, on a carpet, and he said like you do kind of deep voice impressions, so that maybe that maybe having a, like a rich depth to a voice kind of does help. Mm. I would say, but and, you know what? I don't want to limit myself. You know, I, I'm also starting to do some singing stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like I just did a. That was a really fun moment as well. I just did videos with Michael Bublé. Incredible. Uh, and we got together and. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Buble. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum, baby. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. And that was crazy. That's pretty amazing. That. Yeah. And he, you know, yeah, I was, watched I, that. I, I him, was he was, he loves doing that with you. <laughs> and it yeah, sounds that, great. That was, that was crazy as shit. Wow. Because uh, he's so... He is so goddamn good, and uh, having that experience was—I've been a fan of his for so long, and having that experience was was crazy. So you're—I mean, you're clearly a singer, like you're not just fucking around doing Michael Bublé. You I, are a I, singer. You have you have singing chops. I I I, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, so nobody's ever said that, Andy, but some people are saying I can dabble in that, right? I do. Uh, I do the Bublé. I do. I like the country. Mm -hmm. I, I do uh, Luke Bryan. Uh, I met Luke Bryan. He said to me, in order to do a Luke Bryan, you just had to mix Gomer Pyle and Elvis and blend them. <laughs> and then you get country girls, shake it for me now, shake it for me. So uh, I saw you talking whatever. with Jelly Roll. He wants he wants an impression. 
That was another crazy one. Yeah, he's been following me for a while, and I mean that was really I gotta I gotta do a jelly roll, I guess. Mm -hmm. And how about the the problem impressions? Uh, is there anyone lately that you just cannot crack? That's a good question. Uh, there's always gonna be people that I want to figure out. Like I, I I've been doing Bradley Cooper in Maestro, but I'd like to get a regular Bradley Cooper. Like I do Bradley Cooper, Leonard Bernstein. Like if someone doesn't sing at you, then nothing sings at you. If nothing sings at you, then you can't make music. Felicia, Felicia. <laughs> yeah, he speaks right through the Jewish nose. But anyway, the prosthetic um, Jewish nose. I think that's I can say that exactly. Um, but. I like to figure out his regular voice. Um, do you like to do people to doing, like, is it more fun to do a Bradley Cooper doing a role than just doing a person? instance, yes, because it was such a weird voice and everybody was talking about it. But if I can do both, ideally, that'd be better to have in my wheelhouse if I can get him right. down as well. I'm also doing uh, football ones like Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. I was doing him. It was a great game. Uh, great game. Uh, Tay Swift, uh, Travis Kelly, uh, little Kermit the Frog, like a great game. I don't know. How, I'm trying to figure that out. He, he sounds like Ray Romano and Kermit screaming at the top of their lungs. I'm trying to figure out some of the sports guys, Mahomes, the NFL, like Kelsey, um, Andy Reid would be fun to do. Um, so definitely some of like those bigger NFL dudes would be something I got to work on for this year mm -hmm. and uh who are some of the the more recent new ones that you've been having a lot of fun doing i mean politically like there's desantis vivek ramaswamy these guys are kind of irrelevant now mm -hmm. um but uh and then newsom i'm looking to mm -hmm. for the future um obviously that the trump stuff is so topical uh but then in terms of actors uh it's just kind of a a blend of who's out there in terms of what people are talking about in the news. I mm -hmm. mean, like the Giamatti had a big moment with the holdovers. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. I'm going to the premiere of Dune 2 in a couple of weeks, and those are two of my biggest ones. Timothy Chalamet and Austin Butler are starring in this movie. So I'm going to have a big moment doing Austin Butler. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, both uh, co-stars in the upcoming film. Uh, but Austin's a weird one because he still sounds like Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. Even though the movie is over, but he feels the need to stay in character, which is kind of strange. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just look at what people are talking about. So how about we do a little Q&A? I throw some people at you and uh, ask you a question and you give me the answers. Yes. All right. Let's so go, let's, Andy. Let's start with the big one, Mr. Trump, Mr. Donald Trump. What's up with NATO? Well, I will tell you, Andy, NATO is the great, one of the great uh, acronyms. You saw, I'm more of an LGBTQ guy, not an NATO. But I will tell you, you look at NATO, it's really disgusting what they're doing. I had a black friend at the University of Pennsylvania. We called him NATO. NATO was a great guy, really a tough and smart black. We love the blacks. Uh, we love NATO a lot. Uh, he's a really smart way. Look at a tornado. Those are great people. But I will tell you, there's a tornado that is the Biden presidency, Hunter Biden, Burisma, cocaine in the White House. But the countries are very unfair. You see Macron and his gay lover. There's a lot of talk about that. You have Angela Merkel, who's a smart and tough cookie. She's a tough cookie. But I will tell you, look at NATO. It's unfair how they treat me. The country is getting beaten and pillaged like nobody's ever seen. We need to be in charge and tough, and we are being beaten and pillaged like a dead dog, and that's very unfair. So Andy knows the truth about that, but Andy is a, Andy Astro is a radical liberal leftist communist Democrat who posts on Twitter like a nasty pig. Uh, he has to be banned from the play. I spoke to Elon Musk about that. He's got to be banned, and NATO is a tough Good. thing. you got to know, disband that thing. Thank you very much, China. Mr. Trump, where's Melania? We haven't seen her. Well, Melania is with her black friend, NATO. Uh, we know about <laughs> Melania is uh, getting a nanny and a petty. Uh, she's doing very well. She's a tough, smart woman. Uh, she's doing very well, and she wants to be the first lady again. So we're going to give that opportunity to her, right? All righty. Former yeah, President Obama, the, the, people are talking about how you have different voices. Your voice changes. Right. Well, uh, th that is true. Now, I have actually found, Andy, that when you do the Obama voice, there's really a couple of different distinctions. There is the Obama that is more direct. That is Obama when he is giving a speech. He says, 
Tonight, more than 200 years after a former colony won the right to determine its own destiny, the task of perfecting our union moves forward. Now, when I am with children at the White House at Halloween, I might get a little higher pitched. So I would say something like, uh, how are you? It is good to see you. What are you dressed as for Halloween? You're a fairy. That is so cute. Come on now. That is good. So those are the different modes uh, All right. to his voice. And speaking of voices, Bernie yeah. Sanders, people say you kind of oh. sound very Jewy. Well, Bernie Sanders does look like he might be Leonard Bernstein in the movie Maestro. He is conducting an orchestra with his hands all the time. He is at the synagogue singing Shema Yisrael to the top tenth of one percent of Israelites. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Paul Giamatti, who sounds more like you, you or Matt Friend? I will tell you that Matt Friend, son of a bitch, has been very poorly, Michael. I think he does me very well. Actually, this is a funny story. I have to tell you, my cousin just had a seizure on the sidewalk. And uh, this happened like a few nights ago, a few days ago. And uh, I'm doing this in my stand-up now. And uh, he had a seizure, and I'm helping him getting into an ambulance. I called 911. It was actually frightening. We load him into an ambulance. And more people are starting to recognize me, which is very exciting. And uh, as we're loading my cousin, who I thought was about to die at any second, into the ambulance, uh, someone yells out, great job at the Grammys. I'm like, thanks, man. And then another person yells out, do a Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, that is so inappropriate. My, my cousin, I will be with you in a moment. I will be with you in a moment. My God, sir. My cousin is nearing death. I will do Paul in five seconds. God. All right, Howard Stern, what do you make of uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Right. I, I got to tell you, though, right, I mean, they, they partied all night, right? So there's Travis Kelsey, right? He wins this. He goes ballistic on this coach. Robin, you see this? This Travis Kelsey, son of a bitch. He shoves the coach, the 75-year-old guy, right? He shoves the guy. He wins the game. He makes out. The adrenaline has got to be crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, he's got to, he has to marry this woman. If he doesn't marry, what is he going to do? Right. The fans are going to hate him, right? He has to marry this woman. If he doesn't, he's going to have to shake it off, right? Right. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, did you watch the Super Bowl? Oh, my golly. Not only did I watch the Super Bowl, I was there. It was very electric. I, I did the heart <laughs> sign. I'm not sure if you saw the memes, of course. I was electric in the stands. Mr. DiCaprio uh, did not want to be seen. I, I like the people to see their king. That's why I thank them all. Uh, Apartments.com, advertisements throughout the whole special. I'm very happy to be here, Mr. Ostroy. A very sensual being. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, my last one. Uh, Dr. Fauci, people are wondering, why are we still dealing with COVID all these years later? Well, it's been an effort because I have a brand partnership with a certain company that sells KN95s. So I'm trying to profit off of the mask surge as long as possible. So let's bring back the vid and buy more masks, please. <laughs> My son's going to love that. Sean, that was for you. Okay, Sean. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, so uh, 2024, we have a big election coming up this year. You want to give yeah. like, a closing speech for both Trump and, and Biden to the voters yeah, sure. out there? Well, to the people listening to the great Andy Ostroy show, I will tell you that there's going to be a lot of radical Democrats that are listening to this failed organizational show. But there's really just a clear decision you have to decide. Between a failed guy who can't even read and your favorite president, the guy who put this country back on the map, who stood up to China, who stood up to the great countries of the world and said, we are being ripped off like hell and we're going to make America great again. There's fine blacks on both. So we love the blacks. We love the blacks, the great people. And you will vote for me. Blacks for Trump. A lot of people love blacks for Trump. And if you're black and you're listening to us, Joe, you're going to vote for me like a dead dog. Thank you very much. Stormy Daniels, Xi Jinping. <laughs> and uh, President Biden. This election is no joke. Uh, give me a cookie. <laughs> where are you go President Biden, where are you going? Where is he? he's, he's leaving. All right. He's gone. We lost Biden. Matt, what's coming up for you? Um, what is coming up for me? 
Um, you got the tour, the comedy tour. A lot is coming up. Mm. I just spaced out. That I have the tour. I'm doing my hour at the Gramercy. I will be in L.A. coming up for a bunch of award show, different things, Oscars and uh, People's Choice and SAG Awards and uh, some stuff with the Correspondence Dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of stuff coming up, and I hope to see you soon in person, my friend. Yeah, yeah. all right. Matt, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, seriously, for me. and uh, it's really a thrill to watch you become as uh, popular and successful as you are. It's, it's all well, deserved. Thank you for having me. And you were always one of the you were one of the first to see it, so I really appreciate you having me. Just, and, just go ahead and say I discovered you. Just go ahead and do it. Don't do the, the Simon Cowell to my Susan Boyle, baby. Come thank on. you. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Take care. Talk soon. Thanks. Bye. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards and have a great week.